I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This is Computer Talk with Tab, hosted by Eric Semmel of Tab Computer Systems. Interact by phone at 522-WTIC or 1-800-966-WTIC. You can email them in the studio at gethelpattabinc.com or get help anytime at computertalkwithtab.com. Now, here's Eric. And good morning. This is Computer Talk with Tab. I'm Eric. And I'm Bob. And Bob is Bob Shorey. He's one of the MCSCs that works at Tab. Been with us over a decade. And he comes in and helps us out with uh, your computer problems, comments, questions, and concerns. Because I can't answer them all myself. Are you kidding me? Come on. Feel free to get online. 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. And uh, we'll do our best to help you out this morning. We're here till 11 o'clock. Uh, so feel free to get online. So in the news, there's been some interesting stuff in the news lately, and one of the most recent things, you hear all the stuff on about Twitter and, uh, and the Russian f- fake ads and all that fun stuff, and we'll talk about that in a second, but something really strange happened at this cloud company. Now, Twitter has everything in the cloud, right? And you send and communicate back and forth, and, and our president seems to love this medium, which is fine. I'm not making any commentary on that, whatever. The, point, the thing is, though... Uh, his account was deleted by a guy who was let go. That's all I'm going to say right now. This guy, the president, has more than 41 million followers, and just some dingling being let go at Twitter can delete that account. You know that should give you tremendous pause for putting anything in the cloud. If Twitter can't do a two-factor that says, "Hey, guys, for for folks who have this many followers," You know, we need to have at least somebody beyond just a you know regular guy having access to an account to, to allow it to be deleted. You need some sort of secondary verification. You know, I'm going to delete it, and then the guy above me is going to say, "Yes, confirmed. This account can be deleted." But no, not at Twitter. Of course not. It should give you tremendous pause. <laughs> well, no company has disgruntled employees. No, of course that doesn't not. happen. Come well, on. I mean, and and then they wouldn't they never do possibly that. want to do damage on their way out the door. No. I mean I'm sure your three sixty five account would never that would never happen at Microsoft nah. or any of the other companies out there. <laughs> um I mean this is mind boggling that a company like Twitter would allow this. But then again it's not. If you look at Equifax and you look at all these you know, Deloitte has got their all their information for all their customers out on a on a AWS server wide open for everyone to see. This is not. This is what's going on, guys. There's not enough um, oversight. There's not enough security. There's not enough care. Just stick it in the cloud and hope for the best. And uh, they got it back up in 11 minutes. I don't know how. I mean, Mr. Trump must obviously look at his Twitter feed constantly. I have. I don't even. I don't even care about Twitter, frankly. Um, I got better things to do than you know to, to than to watch Twitter. But 41 million people are watching it, especially the, the news media. And they got it back up in 11 minutes. Uh, and this guy's obviously hailed as a hero because he was able to do this. So, again, Twitter, you're even more embarrassed by some guy you fired is now a hero. Um, it just shouldn't happen. 
it, 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 you'd think it'd be some sort of security in place. It just shouldn't happen. In other news, our own Senator Blumenthal, I saw this on CT Mirror and really got a chuckle out of it. Um, of course, he's talking, of, you know, they're trying to figure out what's going on with the Russian ads and what's going on with the posts that are on Twitter, Facebook, all the fake ads, right, that Russia supposedly put on there. And Senator Blumenthal has an example from uh, a comedian, Aziz Ansari. He was on um, Parks and Rec. My kids love that show. And his ad showed, save time, avoid the line, vote from home, tweet Clinton Kane with the hashtag presidential election on November 8th between 8 a.m. and 6 p.m. to cast your vote. <laughs> so uh, that's the example Blumenthal gave is uh, you know fake news and uh, you know the Russians hacking. And uh, guys, truly, I mean, you just think about our, our politicians in general and all the fake news they put out. If you look at even this recent budget deba- uh, debate here in Hartford, where certain actuarials of one party's side said the budget didn't add up. And then, of course, the, not, the unbiased actuarials of our government said this, this ad doesn't add up. These budgets, these are, this is all numbers, right? It either is true or it's not true. And you're called actuarials, not sort of rarials or kind of rarials or maybe rarials. For some reason, these two bodies of actuarials, of which we in Connecticut have the most actuarials per square foot of any state in the world, in the, in the country, they couldn't come up with an agreement actuarially, factuarially, on a budget number. Well, aren't you glad they adopted GAP accounting? Well, there's that too. <laughs> so I digress. If you want to talk about fake news, you can't even figure out, you can't even tell us the truth about numbers. And numbers don't lie, generally. So this is kind of funny. Of course, I've often joked on this program about the chemical dihydrogen monoxide in our water. Right? I mean, I've talked about it in an example uh, that we really should be why. I'm surprised Senator Blumenthal has not jumped on this issue of dihydrogen monoxide in our water. It's definitely something to be worried about. Um. But again, my example of dihydrogen monoxide, kind of tongue-in-cheek here, you figure it out yourself. Google it, you'll figure out what I'm talking about. Um, it goes back to the point of you know, someone thinking they could vote, cast a vote via Twitter. <laughs> no fraud uh, there. It's not even fraud. I mean, come on, people. Is that a failure of our educational system if you really think that's going to sway an election, that you think that, that somebody really doesn't understand how to vote, that Twitter is the means of voting? Well, people vote on Twitter all the time, don't they? I don't know. I don't even have an account. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you could have said just yell out your front door who you vote for. It would be the same thing. Um, so Twitter and Facebook and all those folks are, are uh, trying, to, trying to explain why they took money from Russia Today. They actually – Twitter solicited Russia Today, which is a news organization in Russia or, or you know, some type of news organization in Russia, the communist news organization, to post ads on Twitter. And then they banned the ads. <laughs> and Russia Today spent $100,000. But Twitter was soliciting them. So these companies, you know, uh, they are what they are. And if you want to start, you know, policing them, go ahead. But even in our own town of Southington, there's a sign up saying 31% higher. It's just some black and white sign. Nobody knows really what it means. And you could assume it means taxes have gone up 31% or we don't know what it really means. Um, so is that fake news? Is that something that Blumenthal would go after? Yard signs now? Um, is it, you know, what, what does that mean? Is it, if if it was a sign that said, "Tweet your vote 
on November 7th <laughs> with Blumenthal be all over it? I don't know that he would. Maybe we should try it. Um, it's just crazy out there, guys. It's personal responsibility. If you're not a sharp enough tack to realize that you can't vote via Twitter, your vote deserves not to go anywhere as far as I'm concerned. Um, but Mr. Blumenthal will save us from that. And thank goodness for it, right? I just wish he would talk to Al Gore about how, how the internet works. Well, clearly Al Gore <laughs> designed it poorly. <laughs> In other news, Google Docs, they locked out your stuff. Now, you probably saw this recently. They're trying to protect you. And back on Tuesday of this week, um, basically uh, for about six hours, Google folks were finding that their docs were coded um, as being malicious. And it kind of creeped people out. They're like, hey, wait a minute. Is Google reading my doc? No. <laughs> Come on. Google wouldn't read your doc, would they? Um, they're probably not reading it. Um, but they are saying that they have a, a, an algorithm or a tool that went rogue and, and and thought that your term paper or the you know the novel you were writing or whatever, whatever was you were writing in Google Docs was uh, seen as a virus or malware or had – Here's the thing that got people creeped out. Abusive content. Nobody can have abusive content on Google. Again, depending on what your point of view is, what is abusive content? No censorship there. No. <laughs> you haven't done anything with that content. You're writing a book about whatever craziness you want to write about, and Google will save you from it. Um, but uh, this is, again, part of the issue of the cloud. All those folks had their the, their, their, their tool was locked out. They could not use it because Google thought it was malicious. Well, you know, we got to watch out for Skynet. <laughs> it was, and it was automated and instant. Um, so, and everybody was affected, or most everybody was affected, from what I can read in this article. We'll put a link up here for you. Uh, take a look at it. But it's again back to the cloud. I mean, if you want, if, if you wanted to type, type whatever you wanted to type in your own privacy of your own home with the old-fashioned typewriter, there was no thing that said whether or not it was malicious content. You know, you could write your thoughts and ideas. The thing about being an American and having your own thoughts and ideas could be put down on paper without some all-knowing system telling you whether or not it was abusive content that you were writing. And if it was writing against the British and, and their taxes, that would have been considered back then abusive content. So we got <laughs> artificial intelligence being the thought police. <laughs> scary stuff. So uh, we'll put that up there for you to take a look at. Um, anything else you want to bring up, Bob? Kind of monopoly. I think you had a Tesla article that I thought was interesting. Yeah, I have a Tesla. They can't ramp up their Model 3 production until 2018 now. But that was due out this fall, wasn't it? Well, yeah. But they only got 222 out, and they were supposed to get out 1,500. Oopsie. So, yeah, and they took a $671 million uh, loss oh boy. in the uh, third quarter. Mm-hmm. Which is seventy or seventy six percent of what it lost in all of twenty sixteen. Oh boy, that's a big loss. So that's big, yeah. And uh, yeah, their stock prices are down, and mm-hmm. yeah, uh, I can see that they're struggling. There was a uh, conference call that I saw. Um, what's his name there? Elon Musk was in. He called himself. He, he said that he was in the eighth level of hell, and there's only nine levels, I guess. Yeah, I read that too. Um, so, so yeah, they, they they can't figure out how to automate the production of the Tesla, and they're doing a lot of it manually. They fired also a ton of people recently. They they said it was to, due to um, poor performance, um, but a lot of them were just let go just recently. A big chunk of them. 
So deliveries of their other sedans uh, and their uh, Model X and the Model S, they went down to from 25% in the second quarter of 2017 mm-hmm. to 18.7% in quarter three. Right, and they're still and, fighting with um, consumer reports. Uh, consumer reports, I saw this on, I think it was on NBC <clears throat> Dirty, they were listing all the the best models of cars that were out there, and of course Honda and Toyota, Lexus were at the top, and the Tesla Model X, Model X was at the very bottom. Um, and of course they're fighting about that as far as that goes. There's a lot also, going on. They also experienced a slowdown in their ZEV, Credit sales, and what ZEV is, in case you don't know, is that I don't know zero emissions vehicle right. credits. So they get credits from the government. Oh uh, yes, the okay? subsidies. The yes, for producing zero emissions vehicles. Yes. Okay. So they what they do is they sell. It's like the carbon credit mm-hmm. market. So they sell these credits to other manufacturers who don't make enough. Zero emissions vehicles. And now the other manufacturers. So that they'll be though, compliant and right. won't get fined. But the other manufacturers are starting to do that, and that means the sale of those credits is lower. Correct. Oh, yeah, boy, because so they're they, jumping the on the electric money. bandwagon. Because <laughs> you can get a plug in Prius now. You know, you got yeah. the Chevy Volt, and they have other models. Chevy Volt's actually doing very well. The thing is, though, I, I find it completely, just, just utterly disgusting. That our government is subsidizing a seventy or eighty or one hundred <clears throat> one hundred thousand dollar car. Excuse me, that's insanity, and that's just this just slaps us all in the face. I mean, who who can afford? I mean, if you can afford it, wonderful. Please go buy it. I, I applaud you. Go ahead and buy a hundred thousand dollar vehicle. But I shouldn't be giving you seventy five hundred dollars of tax money to well, make it a little cheaper for you. But if I get enough, if I get enough billions of dollars from the government mm. to subsidize a business that loses money. <laughs> I can it take sounds, some of this right. money and give it back to the politicians who will encourage me to spend more taxpayer yeah. money. Oh, is that how it works, Bob? <laughs> you might be right. So that's interesting. We'll see how Tesla does with their Model 3. But uh, it's a, the $35,000 base model, I think, doesn't even come with power seats or even, you know, none of that, none of the basics you'd find in a basic $35,000 vehicle. It probably has rubber mats instead of carpets. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. We wish Tesla best. We're not, we're not haters, but my goodness, I just find it disgusting to subsidize vehicles at those levels. I mean, no one's subsidizing somebody's $100,000 Porsche. I mean, I was, I'm sure they would love it. I mean, if you're going to get 7500 bucks back on your Porsche, whatever it might be, enjoy. But uh, just because you made an electric vehicle doesn't mean we should subsidize to that level. If you want to subsidize a $15,000 car to get people into it, that I can get behind, I guess. Maybe. I'm not a big guy in government I subsidies, think that they but. could make cars a lot less expensive. You know, yeah. I want to buy a pickup truck, okay? Yeah. And I can't find one that doesn't have four doors, huge crew cab, and only a five-foot bed. Right, you have plenty of places to sit, but nothing, no room to haul anything. I don't want to carry six people in my truck. <laughs> you want to hit, you want to carry a, a want load of manure in the back, me or whatever it might and be. My wife, <laughs> right. and I want an eight foot bed so I can carry plywood from Home Depot. <laughs> and don't you, from the dealer, tell me, well, just lower the bed, the tailgate. Oh. Well, that still doesn't get me eight feet, and it doesn't keep my load from sliding off onto the road. <laughs> ah, things are changing. We're going to step up for a quick break. Get back to more of your calls. we got four lines that are all filled up. So John, Cassie, Karen, and Rocky, hang on. We'll be right back. And we are back. This is Computer Talk with Tab. We're going to be here until 11 o'clock. And we'll do our best to help you with your computer problems, comments, questions, and concerns. And I saw the lines for folks sitting out waiting for their iPhone X. 
their eleven hundred dollar phone sitting out there in the mall. <laughs> it's a little. Uh, the news. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm laughing, but the the news. Uh, was interviewing these folks, and they're all blurry-eyed. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. It tickles me, though, because uh, what did they say that they were looking for? This guy had a brand-new 7, rough, roughly a six-month, however old 7. It's a day-and-a-half-old iPhone 7. And he goes, yeah, the iPhone iPhone X has a, it's a clearer screen. <laughs> it's a little lighter, a little faster. <laughs> it's got two batteries in it. Ooh. Oh, God. I mean... Guys, really? <laughs> it's the the colors pop more. <laughs> Keep telling yourself that, buddy. Uh, so you're gonna buy a eleven hundred dollar phone? I, I would. It's almost like you know the difference between wines, right? People talk about this. If you you got these wine connoisseurs, I'm not trying to upset all the wine connoisseurs out there, but if you put you know a three hundred dollar bottle of wine and a twenty two dollar box bottle of wine, you pour the glasses and you have people drink them. After the first glass, they're all tasting the same. <laughs> it's just, I'm sorry. It's as simple as that. I mean, it might make you feel better that you, or maybe you just are cooler that you could afford a $300 bottle of wine and more power to you. Again, more power to you. See, my, but it's, my problem is, is that I only tell drink me. the one glass. Yeah. When so. you tell me it's got this fruity tin into this and that, good for you, man, but it's just a bottle of wine. All right, let's go on. <laughs> it's a little brighter. It's a little lighter. The colors pop. Let's go on to John <laughs> Winston. <laughs> hey, John, how are you? John, you there? Uh-oh. John, you there? I can hear somebody breathing. Oh, poor John. Must be listening to the radio. He might be. I'll move on to uh, Casey next, and I'll put John back on hold. You there, Casey and Danbury? Cassie? Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good, good. What can we do for you? Well, uh, I've recently joined a class, and I'm trying to learn how to budget better. Budget better, um, okay. Yes, budget. Mm-hmm. So they suggested we do either the envelope method or go on to um, online and find a good app. And I, I decided to try You Need a Budget app. All right. But they want, me, they want to connect to my bank account. Mm, creepy, huh? And, yeah, especially after this Twitter thing, I'm thinking, really? Uh, I'm glad you're thinking I that way. I wonder what your thoughts were on it. And I wouldn't. I wouldn't I do it. Heard of this app? I wouldn't do it. I, I wouldn't no. do it. I would not. I would not connect any app to my bank account that allows for a connection that allows a company to move money in and out of my bank account. Period. Heck, I don't even no, like my they, bank's apps. <laughs> <laughs> they're not. Gonna, they they say they're not going to touch it. What they want to do is access my uh, spending habits. Oh, isn't that nice of them? Couldn't you just tell them what your spending habits are? Yeah, that's what I figured. <laughs> yeah, it's a little creepy, Cassie. Okay, well, yeah, creepy. That's I got a red flag on it. So, um, I it's a well-known app, but yeah. I'm leery. So, well, you can tell. I can tell you right now. You want to, my, our budgeting method is the envelope method. We write those checks. It makes us angry every time. Every time you write the check, you realize what you're spending. And my goodness, it can it can definitely affect your spending when you write the check. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. Thanks a lot. You I got appreciate it, your opinion. All Thank right. You. Good luck. Okay, thanks. Yeah, bye. bye-bye. All right, guys, we're going to be here till 11 o'clock. Feel free to get online, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. We'll be right back. Hey, 
And we are back. This is Computer Talk with Tab. We're going to be here at 11 o'clock. The lines are all jammed up. Thank you for calling us on this Saturday morning. It gives us something to do. <laughs> Otherwise, Bob and I will be talking about our kids. And uh, let's go to your calls. We'll try John at Winstead one more time, see if he's with us. You there, John? John, you there? Uh, no, I'm going to assume John's not there. I'll drop that and move on to uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan in Rocky. Hey, Rocky, what's going on in Michigan? Well, um, we're having a nice fall day, uh, 40 degrees. Nice. And um, nothing white on the ground yet. Thank goodness. Yeah, yeah. So I called because of uh, color from last week or the week before, pretty recently, um, was trying to get some particular uh, television programming. And uh, I was felt a little tortured listening to the way he wanted to go about it because it sounded like he mostly wanted one thing, which was a television series. Yeah. Um, in particular, it's one that I follow closely and just wanted to bring back into everybody's consciousness that the, there's a free and effective solution to his uh, need and that local library, free DVDs um, <laughs> in our area, we can get all seven seasons he was looking for, plus the sequel um, from our public library system in Grand Rapids. I was checking the Hartford this morning, mm-hmm. and the first two seasons are definitely available. Yeah. So um, if he can have access to Hartford Public Library or even another one, right. then he didn't have to go through all the hoops of trying to sign up for this and that and pay $30 a month. or Right, or find himself on the dark web or who knows where he's going to go. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, the old-fashioned yeah, yeah. library. So I'm sure everybody's kind of subtly aware of that. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm almost embarrassed to bring it up. But no, like you, you say, should bring it I up. I listened to the conversation, I was thinking, oh, man, he wants to rub his tummy and tap his head, and pretty soon he's flying a helicopter. Yeah. No, low-tech is a good thing, man. It always works. CDs are, work yep. really Price well. It's right, and it's very effective, yeah. and in some ways it's more convenient because you're just controlling your DVD player. Yep. Right there yourself. You can pause it and get a sandwich anytime you want. You don't have to worry about anything. Yeah, no, you, it's a good point, Rocky. Thanks for, for bringing it up. So it's an easy way to get to. The was the closer, and the sequel's called Major Crimes. And like I say, yep. every single one of those was available. It's like 15 yep. seasons altogether. Makes good sense, from our Rocky. Public library system here in Grand Rapids, and thanks for being a bigger town. Hopefully, you'll have good luck. With the future seasons there, but I did check the first two seasons, and they are available. Oh, yeah. Hartford's library system is platinum level. I mean, we pay Hartford twice as much as Bridgeport folks and uh, the biggest cities in the country, in the, in the state here. Hartford, it's like a $6 million budget for just our Hartford uh, library system alone. Big time. So we don't as well tap in. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Money left. Those things are probably still mint in box. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Rocky. Yep, yep. Okay, so that's uh, some total of my contribution for today. <laughs> we appreciate Thank you so it. Much for your program. Yeah, thanks for listening out there. Okay. All right, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, good point. We like to look at the low-tech options. So there was a caller trying to figure out how to stream, you know, a certain series. And uh, Rocky's right. Just find it at your local library. Um, all right, let's go on to uh, Karen in Windsor next. Hey, Karen. Hi, guys. How are you? Doing fine. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for taking my call. Oh, our pleasure. I have questions about Microsoft Office products. I have a HP laptop. It's about five years old. It's got a Win 7 operating system. Yeah. When I purchased the laptop, I paid $99 for a 2010 version of Microsoft Office. Sure. 
And a couple of years later, uh, and I was quite happy with it, yeah. a couple of years later, my employer was about to roll out 2013, mm-hmm. and we were offered a $10 purchase price for the 2013 office products. Wow, nice. Yeah. Um, Are you in education? Well, it was, of course, so we could play with it at home, so yeah. we wouldn't have to learn it at work, which was fine. But oh. I, I don't really compute at home, so yeah. I don't need the 2013 version. Right. What happens, though, is when I pull up any Microsoft, and I only use Word and Excel, frankly, mm-hmm. but if I try to pull up any of those, it defaults to the 2013 version, which is which uses the cloud, and I don't like that. Hmm. So um, I want to use the 2010 version. Uh, mostly it's I use it for Excel, and that's where my budget is. So yeah. is there a way I can delete the 2013 version without and have the system default back to 2010 when I open any Microsoft Office product? Right. So basically what's happening is you're double-clicking on the Excel document, and it's automatically calling 2013. Right? Yes, and I, yeah, and I don't want it to. So do it the other way around. You can always do that. You can bring up the program first. Right, bring up the office yep. program you're going to use, that the tool you want to utilize, yep. and then open the app, then open the file, and yep. that, that should works work. It's Excel, but it does not work with Word. It would mean that they wrote the document in a non-down, um, great, downgradable or down. Uh, They're not compatible. They they wrote it in a non-compatible way on purpose. Yep. Uh, you could tell your employer to stop doing that. Um, what most employers. In, in our small business clients, many of them don't have a homogeneous office suite because it's ridiculously expensive to try to do that. Um, trying to keep up the latest and greatest and even paying for 365 is quite expensive when you do yeah. the math. Um, so many of them will find that, you know, you get some folks on Office 2010, some folks on 2013, some folks in 2016, but they're all Word documents. Yeah. And all those versions of Office allow you to save the document in a compatibility mode, meaning that it can save it in a way that all the other versions can read it for the most part. If they've done some sort of specialty formatting that was introduced in 2016 that wasn't in 2010, maybe you'll lose that. But we would contend a Word document's a Word document's a Word document. How much more innovation could they have possibly packed in to these newer versions? So I, I agree with that, but <clears> this is on my home laptop. It's not in my... Right. Work, but they're, so. they're sending you a, a document from work created on a different version of Office is your problem, Correct. No, it's it's when I no I can't actually access my my employer prohibits any files to be sent to either received or sent out to of their network okay. by a, a non. That's fine. Yeah. That's that's probably good, so good is, a good policy. This is just for my home computer. So if I have any documents in Word, which I try to stay away from because I just don't care for the yeah. product, everything defaults to. The 2013, and, and, and I... That's when you open it directly, though, right? Well, even okay. if, if I, I can open Excel and, and choose my 2010 created documents. Right. But for some reason, if I open Word and then try to open a document, it still defaults to 2013 and, and the um, cloud. It reopens another application for you? Yeah, it does. Yeah, when you uh, installed your uh, Office 2013 upgrade... Mm-hmm. Did you um, upgrade or did you install it in such a way? Usually it'll ask you if you want to install it to a separate location so you can run both side by side. If you don't don't, tell it to run side by side, if you just click next, 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 it's going to upgrade your application and kind of overwrite, get rid of the older version. 
I might have, you know, I might have done that. And if I look at all programs, I've got Microsoft Office of 2010 and 2013 listed. I mean, they they look separate. They are separate. Okay. So if you go down into program files <clears throat> under uh, the Microsoft Office uh, folders in there, you're going to find different years. They'll have like. Uh, 2010, for the different versions, yeah. Right. Okay. And you can see if that's in there. And then what you can do is you could click on the file and click Open With and navigate to the 2010 version versus the 2013, 2013 version. Hmm. Okay. Try to force it. Or you can try uninstalling it. You can go to the... Uh, I wouldn't uninstall it because then you got to reactivate it. What I would do oh, is... Oh, good point. I would click on it and choose Repair. Wow. And that would do what? You should be able to repair your office installation. Typically, oh. you can do that through by opening an application yeah, in 2010. You think, but you think it's broken? It could be. It could be that the DLLs are pointing to the new version rather than the old version or oh, the registry. Yeah. And the repair uh, of 2010, Office 2010, would, would repair those registry pointers. And again, if the file is a pure 2013 version only, um, your 2010 may not be able to open it. Again, I can, I can, I would choose to live without it because, yeah. Hmm. So if I, I if I delete the 2013 version, then I could be impacting the 2010. Anything. Yeah, 2010. you might. Depending on how it was upgraded, we don't want you to affect yeah. your register your registration. That's very unfriendly of Microsoft. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> they're looking out for you. Yes. Um, yeah, I guess it, they are. I am finding it odd though that when you open within the tool, when you're in 2010 Word. Yeah. And you open a file, it still then reopens a 2013 editor. That is quite uh, discern. Yeah. I would not appreciate that either. Yeah, and that's yeah, that's I have a thing about that. Just it's my laptop. Let me do what I want to. Yeah, do. let you open with. Yeah. Now again, it, like Bob said, it could be a file association thing. So you could also go to your uh, explorer and change your file associations to say all doc files uh, open with 2010. You could do that. You want to show, give her an explanation for that? Well, actually, you know what? We'll put a link up there for you on how to f update your file associations, Karen. Okay. So you can force them to say, hey, whenever I open a this extension, a doc or a docx, uh, please open with and uh, have it associated with um, okay. the uh, older office. And they, they may let it work for you. But yeah, I mean, it's just Word, right? You just want to edit the, the silly document. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, thank you very much. Oh, you're welcome. Um, for the caller who had the question about a budget, yeah. Um, personally, I use um, Excel, and I, they've got some templates out there if you search for them. Yep. But there's also a guy. He's a, a talk radio talk show host. His mm -hmm. name is Dave Ramsey. He's oh, got yeah. a budget plan out there, and I don't use it. I've never been on his website, but I hear it's quite good. And and if you just Google Dave Ramsey, you mm -hmm. might find his budget. Yeah, Dave, Dave Ramsey, probably Clark Howard's got something too. Yep, yep. Um, but anything that's connected to your bank account would creep me out. How about you? Yeah, not definitely. Don't do that. <laughs> but, All right, anyway. Karen. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Yep. Bye. 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 Um, I mean, goodness, connect it to your bank account to see what you're spending. They're not going to do anything. They're just going to check what you're buying. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to step out for a quick break, Dennis. Hang on. We've got three lines open: eight hundred nine six six WTIC five two two WTIC. Feel free to get online. We're here till eleven o'clock. We'll be right back. And we are back. This is Computer Talk with Tab. We're here until 11 o'clock. The lines are all jammed up again. So computer problems in Connecticut continue <laughs> and across the country. 
Let's go back to your calls right away here. We've got Dennis in Watertown, been on the longest. Hey, Dennis, what's up? Hi. Morning, guys. How Morning. are you? Good. How are you? Um, my problem is a printer that won't print. Oh, boy. And um, apparently the reason it won't print is it's in an offline status, and it's defeated all my attempts to get it online, and I don't know what else to do. All right. Well, some of the basic attempts would be to uninstall and reinstall the printer driver. Have you tried that? All right, that's the first attempt of any attempt that you should make um, is to try to uninstall and reinstall that printer driver because I'm guessing your printer has got a new IP address. Is it Well, is it connected directly to your computer or is it wireless? It's uh, wireless. Yeah. What kind of printer is it? An HP 5520. Okay, when you installed your original printer driver, I'm guessing it may have installed a utility that you might be able to find in your menu mm. to go and rediscover whatever IP it's on. Yeah. So you could run that before you uh, install. Well, I do have the IP address number for the printer. Is that what you're talking about? Well, did you get that from the printer, or is that what you had originally? Uh, I got it from the printer. Just now? Well, not just now, but a while ago. Are you sure it's the same one? I could go check again if you have the time. Well, we, we're here until 11. We can put you back on hold. Um, well, the thing with these wireless printers, and that we've had these discussions with other folks before, is that they get what happens is you get a new IP address from your, your DHCP server, which is generally your router, and now you don't know where to find your printer anymore. And uh, you need to tell, like Bob is saying, rediscover the printer, where it's located, and you have to use a third-party app, not a third-party app, a, a secondary app that's part of the HP suite to go refine the printer so it can go tell the printer driver, hey, buddy, I'm over here. Or you uninstall the driver, reinstall it, and it'll auto-discover it that way. Um, I see. Oh, so I you're, do have the IP address. If you the current one? Pardon me? The current one? Yes. Okay, good. So if you know the current address, write it down. Don't need to tell me. Um, and then you can go to the properties of that printer driver. If you right-click, you can go to the port settings that that printer driver is set to and see if it's using the same IP address. But it may, if it's an HP, it may have some obscure name that you would really wouldn't identify, and you can't see the IP address in that. So what I would do is create a new port, a printer port on your computer. Within the driver. Yeah, I, uh, and then enter that IP address into the new port and check that as the default port. Right for now, okay. it's going to change again on you, Dennis. So the bigger question is: Does other folks use this printer besides you? No, just you. Is is yeah. it within proximity of your computer? Meaning, is it's it within about, six feet? It's uh, maybe a little more than six feet—eight, eight to ten, probably. Okay, you could decide to end this problem once and for all, and just get a USB printer cable that's within that distance and plug it into your computer. I'll guarantee you, your problems will go away forever with this issue okay or um i have a laptop does that will that work with a laptop too yes sir yeah in a laptop no. you can move closer to the printer if you had to <laughs> yeah. yeah um so yes just plug it right into your your laptop and the printer the problem is solved or you have to do a little work uh designating an ip address on your dhcp server which is probably within your router uh, that'll separate and, and say, look, my, my, I'm going to reserve these IP addresses, 192.168.1.5 through 1.10, as available addresses that are only available for certain things. Then you go to your printer and fix its IP address at that 
setting so it doesn't re receive an, uh, an automated one. And that can, and then of course, change your printer driver to know that address, and that'll that'll take care of your problem as well. A lot more work involved in what I just described versus a simple cable. Yeah. Um, why print wirelessly if you can print wired? Wired always works. Okay. Um, if I decide to try and uninstall and reinstall a driver, yeah. Um, do I just go to HP and download the? The proper driver you could do it that way because it wouldn't hurt to get to the latest driver at the same time while you're doing this sure and then it should detect its printer out there it should say oh i see a printer over here at 192 yada 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 is this your printer and you're going to say yep and it should it should do it but again this thing can change on you in a week or a month or in whatever because it's getting a random ip address i see so okay so the cable is Way yes, sir. Everything else is a lot of work. I maybe. can. Yes, it is. Either all these ways work, but the cable one always works. Gen generally, always. <laughs> They're just not all dependable. Right. All right, Dennis. Okay. All right. Thanks for the help. You got it, sir. Good luck. Bye. Bye, bye. All right, Dennis will be printing again before he knows it. We'll be right back after these words. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend a only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 